from the Department of Forced uh, Intros. Here comes Two Fat Morons Save the World. It's Two Fat Morons Save the World. Good afternoon, evening, morning, wherever you are in this moronic world, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Terry, he's Dave, and we have a guest today. Yo. Who are you, guest? My name is Jeremy Williamson, and uh, I'm here to talk with you guys about whatever it is you're talking about today, and maybe plug my show at the end. <laughs> well, let, I'm stealing just, that right now. Really, we, we don't really care what your moronic views are, Jeremy. We just want to plug your show. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's right. He's just here. He's just pretty <laughs> eye candy that uh, that helps me here in the office, and uh, uh, yeah, got the face for podcasting. I, I, <laughs> I did right. learn something. I, that's my line. Like a face made for radio is what I used to say. Um, Everybody but I did learn that. something about Dave from Jeremy just in our preamble there. Um, what the heck is a breakfast frittata? Oh, oh, okay. So it's it's a sandwich at a local coffee shop here. And they make the bread themselves. They hand make an omelet every day with like fried potatoes and all this goodness in it. They get locally sourced salami and locally sourced cheese and put it together in this probably about as expensive as gold per weight of the sandwich but man is it good yeah it's good it was quite it's satisfying good. an egg frittata yeah, yeah. it's I a fancy f- omelet i should have heard of this but i am not so basically it's an omelet on a piece of bread is that what yeah. you're telling me yeah you got to be kind of fancy to enjoy it yeah. or to, at least to order it because <laughs> it was like six dollars and uh but uh yeah it left my you know i haven't eaten since yeah, well, you know, I used to get them every day until I got just one, and they said, you know, that'll be seven dollars, and I went, it's never mind, <laughs> never mind. I never, I didn't clue Jeez. in with the thirteen dollars for a cup of coffee and a small square of bread. You but. guys, oh my God, you got to <laughs> come to Toronto. You pay seven dollars and twenty nine cents at Starbucks for a piece of stale bread, a piece of cheese, two eggs, and about four uh, dehydrated grapes for crying out loud. Six bucks? That's a bargain for yeah, an egg sandwich. I've, I've been to Toronto. I've done that. Yeah, I spent two weeks yes. there when I worked at Sick Kids. That's that's good enough for me. <laughs> just like just like television, I kind of only need to watch it once. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Toronto, I'm satisfied. I've seen this. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of sick and speaking of television, ladies and gentlemen, that is what we're kind of going to talk a little bit about today but let's talk about sick first this election won't die guys oh my god we've been promising to get off this topic for how long dave well since we started at the end of since october, we started since so we, we talked october. about it we talked about it pre-election at the end of october and then election day happened november 4th um here it is uh almost december and it's still going on with no sign of anyone conceding an election and no sign of any cooperation happening between the outgoing and the incoming. And it's um, it's a little disheartening. A little. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's, it's actually it, it funnier. It's funnier than, than not because we're not in the States. And I, I, can, I can look at both sides and just kind of chuckle a little bit and say, yeah, they're going to get theirs. I feel like it's funny in the same way you do like three laughs and then a disheartened like sobbing cry for a half an hour. Uh, <laughs> oh man! Like Well, there's a lot of stuffs going on, and hopefully, you know this this will all end. Um, but I did you know, have sooner, the, sooner than later. I did have the great fortune of watching the Wicked Witch melt live on television. Wasn't that something? Oh if, my goodness! If you, if you don't know what I'm referring to, um, what's his name? Rudy Rudy Giuliani, Rudy Wicked Witch of the West Giuliani. Someone clearly uh, threw some water in his face, or just basically he, he just sweated up a storm, and his hair started melting down his face. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no oh, yeah. way. It's just for men became just for the. Floor. I don't know. It, uh, All you Democrats out there, I'm going to get you a little dog too. <laughs> I'm melting. <laughs> I'm melting. Oh, I wish. Oh, I wish. What a what a gong show, yeah. huh? I mean, who? Wow. But hey, it makes for great reality television. Great. Boys, and <laughs> it's the best reality television because you best can't. Reality television. You can't write that stuff. Isn't that true? And what made it even more bizarre was that Sidney P- 
Powell lawyer going on about Hugo Chavez and Dominion Software and microwaves. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Oh my gosh, Almighty! What a what a what a gong show! Like, I just, there's no other way to say it. It's past the clown show stage. We get to a point right? though where you can bang your head against a wall for 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 two weeks or I guess ten weeks in this case, and when it finally ends, it feels so good. So good. So good. It's going to finally be done, and there will be no more peeping from the, from the, you know, Donald Trump camp. What do we have left? Eight weeks? Yeah. So what, what do we have on the docket today, boys? How are we going to, how are we two fat morons today? Or I should say, our two fat morons and our honorary fat moron today, how are the three of us going to save the world? I don't know if we're going to save the world today. Um, We're talking television today. And I mean, it was an appropriate intro talking about the reality gong show um, that is the uh, American political status uh, situation right now. <laughs> status is a great word. Yeah. Status situation <laughs> right now. Um, but yeah, TV, man. It's never been a better time to curl up on the couch and watch TV. And we've been doing it oh, since sure. this whole COVID thing began. Mm-hmm. You know, what are some of yeah, your favorite, so- favorite shows and what makes you... Um, watch a show what's binge worthy what makes a show binge worthy um and what kind of shows do you like like everybody likes something different right um so at at some point in time I, i had been confused about the difference between um uh serialized and episodic television couldn't think of it for mm-hmm. a second there and serialized television, I am informed, is one that has a stop and an end to each segment, and then the next episode or the next serial, the next chapter follows the the beginning of that, follows the end. So it's like it's story. It's a, like The Sopranos or The Mandalorian. No, or no ep- episodic television. Episodic television. No, is that's the- serialized television. Oh, I'm talking about. Dave. Pardon me. This. Yeah. <laughs> Keep up with the tour, you moron. <laughs> it's in the title. Episodic television is like the Twilight Zone or yep. the Flintstones mm-hmm. <laughs> or the Simpsons or any show before 1999. Story. Yeah, yeah, on in American yeah. TV. Of course, um, um, yeah. you know the the Brits kind of started the whole serialized episode thing back in the 50s with uh, Doctor Who was one of the very first ones that I know of. I mean, I'm sure maybe uh, long, long, long ago um, there were. There were others. Was but it the first serialized content soap operas? I thought that was before. Um, on radio, yes. Yeah. On radio, oh, on radios, yes, that's yeah. true. But yeah, but like Dark Shadows started off as a yep. um, in the 1950s as a radio play and evolved into television. Um, I don't think Doctor Who was the first, though. I think actually, um, I think the Lone Ranger was one of the first ones but they weren't serialized on television they were they were they were serialized as um republic pictures one hour pictures that people would go to the theaters like every week right but you watch. can't like, you can't call that serialized television it's not the it same wasn't right but, um yeah. but doctor who oh man talk about some brilliance there so it says here no? television serials popularly popularly known as soap operas um, the first one in the U.S. 1946 called Far Away Hill. Oh, there you go. And then it was followed by NBC's short-lived These Are My Children in 1949. <laughs> as opposed to Those Are My Children. <laughs> Those Are My Children or or All My Children as it oh. came to, <laughs> as everybody knows about. And then Hawkins Falls now in June 1950. Yeah. And, as the and, lawyer melts, these are <laughs> all of my children. <laughs> <laughs> no, to go back to your Doctor Who, I this this is probably blasphemous. I've never seen it, like not a single one of of all the what are they called stories chapters? Each season yeah, is a distinct each thing, right? Series, series was a, was a story, so it started yeah. on episode one and it continued through. I don't know how many um, episodes, how many episodes made up one series in Doctor Who. Uh, the British are and still continue to be. Um, remarkably short series, usually six or seven episodes of, of BBC shows encompass one story. Mm-hmm. 
Um, whereas mm-hmm. in, the, in the States, episodic television, you know, Friends and Cheers, they would go 25, 30 episodes for one season and then break for, you know, a period of time and then come back with the next season. So it's easy to turn out yeah, television t- when they're filmed live in front of a studio audience, right? It, it's typically 22. Um, they, the, uh, a studio will order 22 episodes per year. Um, if there's a chance that they may not get renewed, they'll order 13. Mm-hmm. So when you get to 13 and then you get in an order for the, an additional nine, um, you know you're going to be renewed for the next year. Usually that's how it works. Mm-hmm. But, th- oh, oh, the sorry. British have made some great stuff, though. Um, there was a great series a few... Yeah, quite a few years ago called Jekyll with the great James mm. Nesbitt, which is one of my favorite pieces of yeah, television Yeah, that, was, that ever. was good. Yeah, that was really good. The Wire? Remember The Wire, guys? Never watched um, The Wire. Um, I remember it being on oh, when I watched it. My gosh, what a what a, what a a mind-altering experience that was. And correct then there me was if Ple- I'm wrong. The Pleasant Wire Valley was another one. But yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Wire was a British series that became, that they, the, the Americans adopted as well? Well, the Americans almost adopt every show, though. I mean, a <laughs> lot of people quite a don't. Few. Re- no, they do. A, a lot of people don't realize that All in the Family was based on a British show. Oh, was it? Right, it was. Right, so Norman Lear wasn't brilliant for um, developing, you know, new content. He just stole was stole the British ideas and put them on American television. Right, that's been happening, you know, forever. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I think <laughs> so, the one that comes to mind most recently is The Office, which was a BBC series first. Um, with the right. Ricky, Ricky Gervais um, uh, played the the, uh, the manager the, there. The manager there, um, David. What was his name? I. You know what? Honestly, I watched the American one first. David Tennant. So I, oh, that's no, right. David Tennant was an, is an actor. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. I, I watched the the American one. David is Brent. The Office to me though. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Ricky Gervais played David Brent, and every character in the British Office was then. Um, kind of retooled for the American office, which went astronomically uh, longer than the British office. One of the most prolific TV shows, at least for my generation. Of all, like, I don't know. It, it's up there. It's got to be one of the ones. I mean, people lose their minds every time it's threatened to be taken off Netflix. Your generation? That wasn't all that long ago. How old are you? 12? Yep. It's pretty 100%. Pretty young. <laughs> and I can't wait to start five. high school in September. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> The well, longest running, back, guys. the longest running American t- show, a long, the longest running American TV show in history. Oh, do you know? Can you guess? I want to say Mash. No, I think it's that, The Simpsons. No, is it The Simpsons? Uh, no, no, nope. Oh, Young and the Restless. No. Ah, uh, Gunsmoke. Well, what? Twenty years. I don't even know oh. what that is. Yeah. No, Simpsons yep. has been on for thirty. Yeah. Wait, hold on a sec. Yeah, I thought they've been on forever. Uh. Fact check and yourself. I can, and I can tell you that the longest running continuous television program is actually Canadian. Oh, pardon me. Pardon me. Is it? 57 years for Guiding Light. Well, there you go. That's yeah. a long time on TV, right? Yeah. General Hospital. Hockey Night in Canada years. dates back to 1939. Right. But that's not a serialized TV. That's a that's an event. It's an event. But... Yeah. You know who? Yeah, cut the cheese. Who's talking semantics? Let's uh, let, let's talk about some stuff. Let's go around the table. Let's have a bit of fun. Let's let's do some roundtable stuff. And uh, and I'm going to start because I can. Um, you know, of the three of us, I am the fattest. Dave's the smartest. And Jeremy, you are the what? Youngest. There you go. There At you 12. go. Now you're getting it. Yay! Um, <laughs> I am hooked, guys. I, I was hooked on Battlestar Galactica back in the early 2000s until I missed one episode and was hopelessly lost and could not watch it again. I kind of feel that way with the one I'm going to mention here, which is The Mandalorian, which is an uh, amazing television show. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. It's not just Star Wars, which I think most of us It's reinventing guys, Star Wars. I agree. It's, it's, reinvent, it, it's rebooting and reinventing in a lot not, of Not ways. rebooting in a traditional sense, but it is re- reinvigorating Star Wars, for sure. For sure. It's tying up loose ends, right? I'm they're, also sure pioneering, you... they're also pioneering a lot of new um, filming techniques. I was going to say that big LED screen versus yeah. a green screen yeah. is ingenious. Yeah, they film, they film directly on their, on their sets, virtual sets, a big giant screen, which in traditional... Um, movies and television would be a green screen and they'd add the pictures after but in this 
they add the picture on the screen so the backdrop is real and as the camera moves the backdrop actually moves as well uh, in concert with the camera so it it gives you that 3d perspective yeah like one of those old foil cards you used to be able to collect and as you tip it tip at different angles the mm-hmm. uh, image yep. would shift on you that's right yeah oh cool it's pretty I, amazing I yeah, yeah it's pretty it's, really really amazing it's it's a great filming technique and john favreau well, has well, done great things with that show Listen, both of you tech heads, I don't care how they wow. make the show. I want to talk about how great the show is. And but the that, show's that's part of it. That's 100% that's part of it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you guys you guys are talking technology. I just want to talk about Baby Yoda. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. It's one of the best marketing things that have existed in the last, what? How long is The Mandalorian now? Two years? Oh, Every successful yeah. TV show has to have some marketing angle. Look at the Muppets. Yeah, and Jar Jar Banks. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, wait, that's let, not a TV you show. You had to bring up you Jar let, Jar. You just, oh. you just lost your honorary status. Yeah. <laughs> You're fired. Oh, You're damn fired. it. I'm not an honorary fat moron. You're fired. <laughs> um, but Baby Yoda, God, I love that little guy. Yeah, he's, he's cute. so cute. I'll tell you what I hate about Baby Yoda. Well, the, you don't have one. No, the sound effects that they put on him. Oh, he's too cute. No, he's, he's too, too cute, he's too human. He sounds too human. He doesn't sound... Like an alien, he does the cuckoo little baby sounds, and it 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 breaks for me. It breaks the mm. breaks the immersion for me. What does a fifty-year-old ancient baby sound like, though? Yeah, I mean, I think it works. I mean, what I love about how they incorporate that character is all the tropiness that happens. Like two two episodes ago, um, they you know gave an Easter egg shout out to Alien. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I thought was absolutely wonderfully brilliant. They gave a, you know, the whole thing about um, you know, the child thing. committing near genocide simply because <laughs> right. he's hungry and eating eggs was just absolutely brilliant. Are you spoiler right? alerting? You should, you should, uh, you should disclaim your spoiler alerts. <laughs> Okay. If you um, haven't watched the show, don't listen. Don't Guess listen. I don't need to watch season two now. You talk about missing one episode. What about having one episode told to you ahead of time? Right. What about when he gets yeah, killed yeah. in episode eight? Oh no, wait. Uh, we haven't got there. Yet. Yeah. Oh, we got uh, a writer on the in show. In all honesty, yeah. though, I, I really if if you're following you the YouTube channels and the review channels and stuff, though, it has such a massive following. Boys and girls, men and women out there. They don't miss an episode. There's nothing. There's nothing called a spoiler alert. If you're watching, yeah, of course, the Mandalorian, you're gonna watch it all. If you're not watching it, you're not gonna watch it because you're not a Star Wars. I fan. don't believe that. I I would disagree because I could say the same thing about Game of Thrones, but yeah. I intentionally went and waited each season to watch them in blocks. I asked my cousin if he was watching the Mandalorian. He said, "No, I'm waiting for it to be finished so yeah. I can binge it all." Which that's is that's a great point. They're only twenty. They're only twenty minutes long. Twenty thirty minutes long. So right, you can binge it in a weekend. Yeah, I'm, um, sure. I'm sure this will come up, but I mean that's been the the shift in TV consuming culture with something like Netflix yeah. and streaming in general. Yeah. Which I don't want to get ahead of myself, but lots of people are doing that because they go, "Well, what's a finished show that I can watch while the show I actually want to watch finishes?" It's but, a, it's a weird backwards thing now. That brings up a, a, an interesting topic in this kind of era, this new era of television watching is that shows are binge watch wa- binge watchable. Worthy. Binge worthy, that's the word I'm looking for, uh, because they kind of release them the whole thing in one shot, in for, for the most part, not every single one. The Mandalorian is being released one at a time. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the Long Way Round, which is a, a reality show uh, where you and McGregor and, and Charlie Borman um, travel from London to New York, sounds easy, but they go the other way around the world, the long way around. Um, but they were releasing that one episode at a time week after week. And the, 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 the question becomes, do you, as a network, as, a, as Netflix or as Prime, do you release a show all at once and let people talk about it? Or do you release it one episode at a time and allow people to have that, cool, that water cooler talk? every day about the latest episode and then start speculating and speculating and speculating. Well, no, Dave, it's kind of both, right? Because mm-hmm. they, ha- they have an advertiser base that they have to satisfy in order to pay the bills. So that, otherwise, that, that's probably exactly what a lot of studios would do is film back. And they do film back to back to back to back to back. Um, I was in 
an episodic television show right um, at one point in time uh, for two years and um, oh I can tell you that uh, that you know I was very busy and very happily busy for no, I'm not talking about time. filming it I'm talking about releasing it I, I know, but I'm, what I'm saying is that there, there could be, uh, you'll you'll work for 22 or 28 weeks on a show, and then you know the rest of the year you you've got off. If they if they sold it in blocks, the economical way to do it would be to keep filming year round and year round and year round, and then have an end, you know, to that show. Like it's kind of what the British do, right? That's kind of my point. But you have to. You, there's unions now. You've well, there's been unions forever, but you have to satisfy an advertiser base um, who wants to put their product associated with your hit show, and you have to pay the bills. And advertising but pays the bills. That right? still doesn't speak to what I was talking about. Whether you ep- whether you release an entire season at once or whether you let it stream out week after week after week, like they do on television. I feel like at television time, it made more sense to put out one episode, let people talk to it for a week, consume other stuff on your network, and then you know people are going to come back and take that but, ad time. But right? on television, episodes come out in real time. They they just come out at oh, their time slot. You can't you can't release an entire series to television because television plays out in real time. But on Netflix or on the, the streaming services, you have the choice. You can either dump all the episodes out at once oh, or you can release them one week at a time is what I'm talking about. And Netflix does both, which is a fascinating thing. And they do do both. Yeah, and like, I think there's a study. There's probably a study because Prime does both. Apple TV does both um, depending on the fan base. Mm-hmm. But you can't build. I remember when The Walking Dead first started um, and the first couple of seasons um, before it really started to, to rot – <clears throat> Pardon <laughs> the pun. Um, there was a, there was so much talk, and people would talk every episode and speculate uh, on who was going to happen. And the the big the big season when when Negan came. I don't know if you watched The Walking Dead or not. Uh, Negan came, and there are going to be spoiler alerts, but everybody either knows or doesn't care. Um, the, the big season uh, premiere was coming, where they finally found out which one of the main characters died. And there was so much speculation and so much talk, and then you found out and, you know, whatever. Um, But you can't do that. You can't create that buzz, that hype, when you release an entire series at once. Mm -hmm. But you can can create a buzz over about a whole series if you release it all at once because people start talking uh, about that show, and then people start watching that show and binge-watching. So... I don't know which is better to play it the long game or to play the short game on an, on an episode yes. or on a show. I suppose the question becomes what drives more interest, a weekly discussion about a very short episode or a big discussion on 12 episodes of an excellent story that came out all at once, right? Cause Look, I, I, I don't care. I really don't care, guys. All this talk about binging has got me wanting to be binge eating worthy right about now. I'm hungry. <laughs> well, let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Let's let's the, the, let's pull this back. I was talking about the Mandalorian and why it was so great. And what I wanted to do was, you know, throw it over to you guys. I want a bit of a roundtable here. So let, let, let's go to you, Jeremy. What what show pops out in your head is like really superior as a, a show that you have to sit down and watch every single week, or you used to have to sit down and watch every single week. Oh man, I I have such odd tastes that have devolved. Er, devolved. Oh man, that's a weird word to choose. Evolved over time and changed. Um, <laughs> Evolved. <laughs> I the one of my favorite shows, and I haven't even watched as much of other shows that I've like. I've, I think I've gone through The Office five times, but I wouldn't call that a favorite show. It's a background show. One of my favorite ones was Firefly, and mm. it was canceled oh, so yeah. early. You want to talk about an excellent premise of, but like. To me, The Mandalorian came out at the perfect time as a pseudo-Western in space. Mm-hmm. Something like Firefly, I think, would have thrived right around now with that. And on Good Network, you know, without all the other political stuff that went with the, the mid-aughts and TV shows. But that was one of my favorite ones. I forgot all about Firefly. And I and just, you know, here's your six degrees of separation, Jeremy. I, I know I worked with one of the stars of that show. A Nathan, wonderful Fillion. actress named uh, Jewel State, who was the the engineer. Oh, Kaylee! Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, she's awesome. I met Nathan. She's Fillion an amazing, and- amazing young lady, and has become an amazing, you know, uh, lady actress. She's. I met Nathan uh, Fillion at the airport in in L.A. Uh, we were getting <laughs> we were getting on a plane bound for Edmonton, where he's from, um, and 
I guess it, because uh, I was flying back from LA and we had to go to Edmonton and then I flew back home when I was living in Lloydminster. Um, but we were on the plane with uh, with Nathan Fillion. It was mm. pretty cool. But I didn't know who he was at the time. And the guy I was with, my friend who I was with said, oh my God, that's the guy from Firefly. And I'm like, I don't know who this, this was 2003, I think. Yeah. Uh, 2000, yeah, 2003, I think. So I had no idea. I mean, Nathan Fillion has blown up into an A-list television star since then. You but, realize you're describing cool. an episode of The Big Bang Theory right now, don't you? Oh, I, am I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that almost exact same premise, except it was in a restaurant, happened on The Big Bang Theory. Maybe oh, someone maybe. heard your story and uh, stole from <laughs> you, Dave. Yeah, I'd maybe. be looking for royalties. I was going to say, go chase down the royalties. Uh, we need a lawyer. Rudy? Rudy Giuliani? Are you, are you available, he's, Rudy? He's, hang on. I'll see if his puddle is around here anywhere. <laughs> yeah, where's that water bottle? <laughs> but Firefly. Oh so God. Firefly is, a, is, is one of those um, kind of television tragedies. Because cult show, I think is the word. It's a cult show, but, it was a, but, but, the, the, but the story behind Firefly was a television tragedy because Joss Whedon wrote the show. Yeah. And he... Yeah. And he wanted it to be this great serial television, and it actually was a, a great show, but the network, he fought Fox tooth and nail, oh. uh, every mm-hmm. which way, and they actually released the episodes out, out of, of order. order. Yeah, out of order to television. So the story never made sense on television, and the network executive said, this is stupid, it doesn't make any sense, and, and, and Joss Whedon was like, that's because you're playing them out of order. And so it got canceled yeah. for no fault and and became popular after the fact as a cult classic and yeah. so now on netflix or no where is it now i i watched it on netflix but i can't i couldn't find it on the streaming channels but it they released those episodes in order yep. and it's and a much i think it's on story. crave maybe in canada yeah, well, where, wherever it is if if you haven't done it yet go through it it's 10 episodes you know set aside whatever you set aside now it's weird to say it out loud but like the six hours it would take and watch them because like <laughs> yeah it is a very, it's a closed narrative now with the movie Serenity. Finish it out. It's a good one. Um, but yeah, honest- Serenity really, like, because they had, they, the show was canceled before they finished the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So years later, I can't remember how many years later, they, they, they made the movie that, that, uh, that closes out the story, and it was really, really, really well done. But that's yeah, my that's top of the mind fire- pick. Yeah. Fire, Firefly is a good one. And I, to be honest, uh, I, oh, I'm almost embarrassed because I, um, uh, I should have known that just because of Jewel. But regardless, um, what about uh, what about you there, Dave? Uh, what comes to the top of your mind? It depends. I mean, you, when you think about favorite TV series, there, there's lots of great stuff right now. And you think, you know, are, are we talking nostalgic shows that I loved as a kid? Um, I don't know if you remember uh, Ponch and John on Chips, the uh, motorcycle duo uh, with the California Highway Patrol riding their motorcycles and doing police work and being really, really campy back in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, That's probably one of my favorite shows of all time, uh, and I remember it as a child. Um, It kind of uh, was my inspiration for eventually buying a police motorcycle like a police Harley Davidson. And putting it on his desk as a model. (laughs) Not not my not my motors my my toy. Oh, there's a second it. one. Yeah, oh. the other one's in my garage. <laughs> so you know, if they had have combined Barney Miller with chips with uh, oh. Ponch and John, yeah, I'd have watched it because then I would have got my fish and chips. They did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I'm bumped. Oh boy. We'll fix it that. Was there. Yeah, took it. boy. Speaking yeah. of yeah. Boy, the Flintstones was good. Oh, I watched some of the Flintstones. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Bonnie. Yeah. (laughs) Wilma. (laughs) Moving through to um, newer series, um, Star Trek had a great influence on my life. We we Mm. were we talked about uh, Firefly, which was a space western. Star Trek was the first, the original Star Trek. Because you're about to split your audience specifically about that that everyone's going to love. The Favorite original Captain. space the original space western was Star Trek. Sure, but yeah. so what uh, of the of the of the myriad of them that are out there? What do you think was the one that was the best? What are you talking? What the myriad Star of, Trek. Of, of Star Trek episodes? Oh, no, no, seasons, Star, Star oh, Trek man. series. Oh, the oh whole series. series. Yeah, yeah. That's um, it. Well, Picard, what was the best? Kirk. What was the best? Would have to be the old series for me. The best was the old series. It wasn't the most technically best it didn't have the best storylines next generation clearly was uh, the one that brought star trek out of the out of the toilet and and made it into what it kind of became 
Um, but that was because of Gene Roddenberry. And Gene Roddenberry had his finger on Star Trek the original and Star Trek yeah. the Next Generation. And then it started to deteriorate after he passed away. Um, but Next Generation would be, for me, the most influential. That's what got my start in Star Trek. And then I went back and watched the old series. Loved William Shatner, um, as campy as he was. Um, Patrick Stewart. Oh, God, I have so much respect for that man. Um, know, as, a, right? as an amazing actor, as an amazing human being, as having the best voice on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brent Spiner as Data or Data. Mr. Oh, Data, there's Mr. A Data. <laughs> there's a whole episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. But Star Trek had a huge influence on my life personally. But I didn't. I. Uh, I didn't follow it much past Deep Space Nine. I followed a little bit of Enterprise when uh, Scott Bakula was captain because I because I was a huge Quantum Leap fan. Do you remember oh, that Quantum one? Quantum Leap was a great show. Yeah. And we actually there, we actually watched Quantum Leap. As a family, my kids love it, and, and I have all the episodes um, that I found online somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a show that stands the test of time. It has uh, a great morality to it, great stories, uh, and Scott Bakula is just as Dr. Sam Beckett was just unbelievably amazing. And if you've never seen the show, or if I'm just reminding you of the show now that you used to love try and find it go back watch it again it's just an amazing amazing show yeah, what about your homework. what about you jeremy what, what star trek what star trek memories do you have oh boy i'm about to get kicked off the show again what's this time three in this this 34 minute episode so far um my my favorite star trek character was actually zap brannigan from futurama which was a giant parody of all <laughs> of all the characters from star trek um no i never watched star trek really my my first sci-fi would probably be something like Futurama. So, no, okay. Star Trek never really got much into. More Star hold, Wars. Hold, hold that thought for a sec. Okay, perfect. David? Oh, here we yeah. go. What, remind me again why we invited this guy on our show. Because <laughs> I was here today. <laughs> because uh, because you and I have no chemistry. We have no, we have zero chemistry, according to our listeners. <laughs> oh, that's the one class why I they failed. keep listening? They want to hear all that zero chemistry going on. There you go. There you go. That non-zero chemistry. There's an election reference for all you uh, U.S. kids out there. But, um, but you know who Yeah, the- I mean, I, I thought that... Uh, I'm going to pivot this a little bit, and I only recently started watching um, Star Wars Rebels and Star Wars Clone Wars. I've heard Because those people awesome. thought they were awesome, and I thought, animated Star Wars, how good yeah. could they be? They're very good. They're yeah. actually really, really good. And... Getting back to our, you know, original, um, my original number one for watching right now, uh, The Mandalorian, they're actually introducing characters from the animated series now as canon into The Mandalorian. Yep. Uh, the great Katie Sackhoff, who I loved as, you know, Lieutenant Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica yep. all those years ago, plays Bo Katan, right? Yep. And uh, the the entire. Um, Star Wars universe went, you know, bonkers crazy when the word or the name Ahsoka was mentioned in the mm-hmm. last episode. So, you know, it, it's it, it's cool. It's good to be a fan of some of these kinds of space opera shows. But what about things like The Crown? Well, you guys are you guys watching The Crown at all? No, mm-hmm. not The Crown. That, that's a like what base a, a docudrama or like based on. Loosely based on events, well, it's type a bio biodrama uh, uh, based on what the Queen's life is that what the it is? royal family's the life? Royal but family. they take a lot of liberties, and um, the first three seasons of that was it was quite well done. Claire Foy, I don't know if anyone knows who she yep. is. She is a remarkable um, English actress, and she was great as the young Queen Elizabeth. She she was fabulous. Um, she's just fabulous. Um, <laughs> And then the third season was, you know, the incomparable Olivia Coleman. My God, I'm talking like an actor. I got to stop mm. that. Olivia Coleman played, you know, middle aged Queen Elizabeth, which, again, she was great. But this fourth season, man, did they ever turn on a dime? Because there's been some drama and some trauma in The Crown over the first three seasons, but this whole season four is really, really dark dank and depressing it's mostly about charles and diana 
What a right? great way to cap off 2020. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, <laughs> you know, what the heck? So, um, and there were there were certainly other series out there that you know you kind of knew the ending to, but um, you know, beforehand, I have a. <laughs> I have an ex who's fond of saying, I, I don't need to see Titanic. I know how it ends. <gasps> I say that all the time. <laughs> also, I think it happened a couple years before I was born, so it's not really that relevant. Last oh, Temptation of gosh. Christ. Yeah, we all know how that ends, too. Yeah, it's, oh, my, you had to go there, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> he dies at the end. Oh! He dies at the end. Oh, wait, man, but you ruined it for me. Wait till yeah. the next series. Wait till the series season premiere of the second season. You think he dies at the end, but just wait. Yeah, it happens three days later. Okay, that's well, that's movies. We'll talk about <laughs> movies down we'll the road. another day, yeah. <laughs> um, but... Um, you know, I'm going to just rattle off some and, you know, Doc, Doctor Who's a good one. And there was one episode of Doctor Who that I've talked to Dave about this, Jeremy, but you said you've never seen it. But there's an episode of Doctor Who called Blink, which I'm only going to say it, it features the great David Tennant, um, British actor. And he plays Doctor Who in a series of videotapes because he's in the past recording to somebody in the future and it's brilliantly done that's all i'm gonna mm. sort of say about that but the point that i'm making because i'm saying that or because i'm bringing that up is great writing and to sort of tie the maybe the space opera discussion up in a nice little bow dave you said something really really quite smart um after gene roddenberry died star trek the next generation definitely went downhill I don't think there's any Trekkie out there that would disagree with that. Star Trek as a franchise went downhill because uh, Gene Roddenberry had very specific, very specific um, guidelines for the show, which were not upheld. As, as but there was an episode that I think most people that are Trekkies, Trekkers, I don't know what they call them these days. I don't, either. Um, don't care. Fans that go to expos, <laughs> you know, Comic Coners. I don't know what they call them these days. Um, there's kind of a bit of a fans. universal agreement, fans, the universal agreement that this episode called The Inner Light really saved that whole franchise. And it's the one where Picard is taken over by a satellite and he lives an entire other life in oh, a yeah, 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 series yeah, yeah. of about an hour. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. He learns how to play that little flute thing. Well, But the thing is, there were, there were many amazing Star Trek episodes. I can oh, cite sure. Dar- Darmok. Darmok. Yesterday's Enterprise. Um, I think Darmok. Darmok. That was a great one. I, I don't even remember. know that one. Yeah. Dave and Jeremy one. on the ocean. At Tanagra. With arms wide. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We're, this should be called Two Fat Geeks. Yeah. Talk about Star Trek. Two Fat Moron Geeks. There you go. Uh, Two Fat Moron Geeks and Oblivious Millennial. But Star Trek The Next Generation held up that kind of moral code that Gene Roddenberry... Say what you want about Gene Roddenberry. He was not the most... Uh, he was not the most... He was not a saint. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, no. In his life. But okay, and we've let, talked about this in, in previous episodes about people who kind of their legacies uh, were greater than, than, than themselves. But he had a moral compass on Star Trek and he upheld it to the day that he died. Okay. What, other, what about some other... Uh, I'm just, you know, going to move that along. I, I, I will uh, defer to your knowledge on Gene Roddenberry. I know nothing about the man. Uh, but what about other shows? Like Sons of Anarchy. There, there's one that people watched. So what do you guys think of like a show like that? The Sopranos. Okay, so um, to, 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 for me, television has television episodic serialized television has two different distinctions. I consider um, there's network television, there's premium network television, and then there's streaming television. So network television being NBC, CBS, I don't touch them. I won't watch anything, any fictitious dramatic show on NBC uh, on on terrestrial TV I don't watch. Uh premium TV there's tons. There's tons of great stuff on HBO, on History Channel, on uh AMC mm-hmm. um which is still television, still traditional television, but they seem to put more into storylines. They seem to have less uh you know, they don't have to uh, kowtow to the you know the FCC regulations that terrestrial television has to kowtow to, uh, and then there's Netflix and there's there's series on Netflix you could never see any of that stuff on real television. Oh yeah. So, oh, what, yeah. so what's your what what is your what is your point, Dave? What shows do you watch? 
well, my my point is, my point is, I pick and choose my shows based on where they originate from. Like, you know, um, uh, my point was, I don't watch terrestrial television at all. Now, the shows that I watch, it's really inconsequential. I mean, there's hundreds of shows, um, and I'm sure I've not seen many, many, many amazing shows. The ones that I do watch, I like uh, The Curse of Oak Island. That's one of my favorite quote-unquote reality documentary series. Why? Amazing show. Why? Um, because I'm from there. I've been to Oak Island. I know the, the, the story, the mystery, the history, and they're doing great work down there. Great work! They're ripping up an island. That doesn't. That's no, they're not. What are you talking about? Well, they're they're also Ed, educate me. Why are they doing great work? Because it's archaeological. They're they're finding out what happened on the island. They're finding uh, any any more. They're ripping up the island. They're ripping up Mayan temples too to find out what happened. They're, any archaeological dig is about ripping up the ground to find out what's underneath it. With a well, I don't care what happens in Mexico. This is Canada. <laughs> Okay, well that okay that says a lot. As a guest, I'm going to apologize on behalf of any Mexican listeners here. Thanks. I'm going to beha- I'm going to apologize on behalf of humans that oh, <laughs> listen to Terry. Terry's drivel about ripping. I mean, I mean, if if obviously if you had the choice, they'd leave dinosaur bones in the ground instead of ripping up Drumheller, Alberta uh, dinosaurs. In a, in, in a way, that's actually true. I mean, I have a very deep seated. Uh, Mm. Uh, belief in in ripping things out of the ground for treasure but you know I, I, i'm actually kind of making a little bit of fun and i do apologize if yeah, there's any, i know you are any, any mexicans that uh, any mexican people <laughs> that are take offense um <laughs> the treasure on oak island is a story and it's been uh treasure hunters go back you know to beyond like Franklin Delano Roosevelt was one of the treasure hunters involved in Oak Island way, way, way back in the what? day. What? Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. you're lying. There's, pic- there's pictures of him yeah. on on the island. Um, he was uh, he was a philanthropist. Philanthropist. He was a he was a, a, a an adventure uh, adventurer um, before he became president. And uh, he was on Oak Island. He 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 was caught up in the story. Um, I didn't know that. That's it's cool, true. Actually. It's absolutely true. Um, the, yeah. the two guys that are doing it now, they're doing it fully under the under the guise of the the province, which the, the province actually. The, you talk about treasures being buried. Uh, Oak Island, the tr- the story of the treasure of Oak Island is so prolific that the government of Nova Scotia actually made a law that said if you find the treasure, we get a certain amount of it. Um, there's a what wow. what's the name of the law? NS Eminent Domain. Um. Yeah, it's the tre- like it's called the Treasure Trove Act of Nova Scotia. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not eminent domain then. What? It's not eminent domain then. Clearly not. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Moron. Yeah. Anyway, Bill Number Forty is the uh, Oak Island Treasure Act of Nova Scotia, and it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty interesting. So educate us. What's so like? Really, what are they doing? Are they how are they doing it right? How are they doing it right? Well, they're yeah. they're they're arc, they're doing it under with archaeological help. They're looking for they're looking for the treasure. I mean, they're not see in the sixties. Uh, a man named I believe it was Robert Dunvey came in with an excavator and just started strip mining the whole island <laughs> just to get down, Great. dig as big yeah. a hole as he could, and you have to start very wide and you have to dig your way down. And so he destroyed a lot of it. He destroyed so much of uh, of uh, that island that that many many of the artifacts, much of the evidence, was gone in the '60s. Was just destroyed and thrown away. Um, what what Rick and Marty Lagina are doing is they're pinpointing and and drilling little boreholes to get down and pulling core samples out. They're also um, mm, they're okay. also looking around the coast. They're doing a lot of uh, a lot of um, uh, metal detection. They're finding some really great um, artifacts and coins and buttons and stuff that help date the island. You know, you find a coin from the 1700s, or you find a button that dates that carbon dates back to the 1500s from Spain. I mean, that tells you a lot. Hey, how, how big is this island? Because I, I just found a thing when you said that FDR was part of Oak Island that said he became a financial backer in 1909. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they've been searching at least since that point yep. for 111 years. The how, legend, how, the legend, how have they not well, found anything? How big is this island? The legend, it's not very big. 
it's not very big, but it's deep. The the the, the treasure goes deep, and I think well, you know the as searchers earth does go deep. as searchers. Well, yeah, the, as searchers have been um, looking since the 1700s, uh, the late 1700s, when when Daniel McGuinness found the the very first. Uh, money pit, as they call it, and and dug down and dug down and dug down and found these. Every ninety feet, found a a, a plateau of boards underneath the uh, as as you went down. And I mean, mm. in the seventeen late seventeen hundreds, you could only dig so far before you just couldn't do it anymore. I feel like this is an episode in and of itself. Yeah, there's well, so much. Yeah. To, I have so many there's, questions on this. There's many, 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 many. There's many. Po- I'll never do an episode of Oak Island because there's just too much information out there already. It would just be rehashing mm. what's already been said. Uh, and a lot of podcasts do it in a, in a much better way. If you're, if you're interested in podcasts about Oak Island, look up Astonishing Legends on uh, Spotify. Um, um, uh and just look up their Oak Island episodes. It's a four-hour, uh, a four-part podcast on the the legend of Oak Island. Mm. And then there's the TV series, which has been going on now for eight seasons. It's unbelievable. And I'm from there. I've been to that island, so I have a personally, I have a a connection to it. Mm-hmm. So, what's your guys' thoughts on the Game of Thrones? Then uh, I never, I didn't finish the series because I seem to have. A, a completion complex with a lot of those things, but enough people said that it was bad at the end that I didn't watch it. But you know, it it, it kept my interest for how how many seasons up until then? Six. Started to wane at the end, but every series is going to be judged ultimately by how it ends. Yep. Every epic series I by how it ends. Unfair judgment, especially for the scope of some shows. Look at Lost. Oh. Perfect yeah. example. Did you watch Never Lost? Never watched Harry? it. Never watched. I didn't it. watch Game of Thrones. I didn't watch Lost because I like uh, you have your thing about um, network television. I have my thing about hyped television, and I just mm. don't get sucked into. Oh, I'll watch a show that's things. hyped, but I'll wait until three seasons in. And, exactly. And, and if it's hyped, exactly. If it's hyped, I, I started Lost at season three. And we burned through the first three seasons until we caught up to it. We've done that with a number of different series. I talk, we, I talk about me and my wife. We watch, we watch television together, and not a lot of it. Usually one or two shows an, an evening, but uh, but we'll we'll wait until a hyped show is in its second or third season, and we'll just see what all the fuss is about, and so that we can binge it until until we're done with it, mm-hmm. right? Or until it just loses our interest. Uh, or it continues our interest, you know. But did you watch Game of Thrones, it. Dave? Did you guys yep. do that with yeah. the whole thing? Yeah. Yep. So, what was your it. thoughts on the, what was your thoughts on Game of Thrones? Was it worth it? It was great. Yeah, my wife actually the first two seasons of Game of Thrones, my wife had to translate because she read the books. Uh, oh, okay. and so she had to translate a lot of the story. But uh, some of the some of the uh, the shocking, more shocking episodes, she knew was coming, and would mm-hmm. bite her tongue until it happened, and then she would say, "Hi, I knew that was coming." Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm doing that with the Expanse was, right now too. <laughs> The Expanse, uh, yeah. yeah. The Expanse is quite good. Um, That's what I want to get things, yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, you miss an episode and you're lost, though, right? Yeah. Like, I started watching, I was so hyped to watch Brave New World, because uh, I love the book. It's it's one of my um, yep. favorite science fiction books of all time. Um, and, this, and, the mini, and the miniseries was terrible. However, I'm going to pivot on that a little bit and talk about what my favorite book, which has become my all-time favorite miniseries, which um, I, I, I swear to everybody, if you ever get a chance to read the book, read it, and then watch the adaptation which was done a few years ago. And I'm talking about Childhood's End, uh, Arthur C. Clarke's uh, you know, monumental, very first alien invasion kind of, you know, malevolent alien invasion kind of story. Um, the book is amazing, but wow, that miniseries was something else. Did you guys watch Childhood's End when it was on? No, I was going to say, I don't even, I, that doesn't sound familiar at all. I've Usually I've got a memory it. for that sort of stuff, but yeah. it doesn't even tug anywhere in my mind. Well, if you haven't, Dave, have you seen Childhood's no, End? No, never heard of it. All right, well, I'm not going to spoil it because the big twist in Childhood's End is really, really worth it. But when the twist happens at the end of episode one, you jump out of your seat and you go, what the heck is that? Like, you're pretty shocked about it. I, I really highly recommend it. So let's talk about twists now, because that's kind of where I was going with this. What series that ended on a twist or on a weird sort of a note do you guys remember that sticks with you? Oh, so many movies two. come to mind. Movies, movies, you, movies have to end on a twist. I mean, it's just kind of the... 
the attention span that we have today, if you don't leave them, you know, with their socks off, then you haven't really done a good job on a movie. A TV series, you know, I guess it depends on when that twist happens. Is it is it a twist that happens right on the very last episode? That yeah, like are we talking you? the Sopranos? No, like- that 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 that's kind of what I mean, though. And like, and I've got and there's okay. Well, Jeremy just gave me another one, but I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. The Sopranos is a good one. People were, people lost their shorts <laughs> over that ending on The Sopranos. But that wasn't a twist. Right? That no, that's, a, that's, no, that's literally no, an openly exactly ambiguous ending. Yes, that's, it was that's an why openly ambiguous ending. Yeah. Same like with Dexter. Lost, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Let, Lost twisted about three or four times over the span of about four or five seasons. So it was a, it was a constant rotating twist. But the, sh- the whole point of that show um, and why I think – J.J. Uh, Abrams is brilliant. Is he in a lot of the stuff that he does, and a lot of the stuff he does, I don't like either Star Trek. Okay, um, is he throws questions at you every time? And with Lost, the first season, the first two seasons were brilliant with Lost because you're always like, oh, what's going to happen? He's always throwing questions at you. By the third or fourth season, he's thrown so many questions at you and not given you very many answers. You start to get tired of it. You're not getting anywhere. You're watching this show. You're still baffled, which is right. fun for the first season. But what about season. the end? The end is like, oh, it was all a dream because he's dying on the beach. Well, Are you kidding? Are you talking about Lost? Yes. No, it wasn't a dream. They were in limbo. Yeah. Oh, that what yeah. it was? Okay. Yeah, like still, purgatory regardless. or something yeah. like that. They were in purgatory yeah. or limbo or whatever by the end it's still, of it. It's still a lame ending. I'm going to give you guys two that I think were brilliant, okay? Mm. One was Saint Elsewhere. Do you remember Saint Elsewhere? I know the name. I haven't seen that one yet. I'll add it to my list for sure. I've heard of it. I, I'll never go back and watch it. Saint Elsewhere was a Boston hospital drama oh. that had a wonderful following. And the way that that series ended was it was an autistic boy's imagination of this building in a snow globe. Oh. He, oh. It was really, really cool. And you did not see that coming. Right? You lost me at hospital drama as someone who's been <laughs> yeah, in that field. I know. Right? Um, it, it just because so much, I, I had to stop watching House. Uh, oh. I will say Scrubs oh, as yeah, a shout out yeah. is probably one of the best representations of medical humor and the field and everything for ever. the first few seasons yeah yeah scrubs was great but yeah. um but uh, what the, was your other the one? ending of uh, saint elsewhere i thought was brilliant and the second one and this one dave i'm sure you'll remember was the end of the bob newhart show yeah i was gonna say if you didn't mention that you would have been doing everyone a service oh, the ending sure. of the bob newhart Hart show now i you won't remember this but yeah bob, dave probably just saw my face Bob Newhart was an actor, a classic. He's still alive. He's, he's still, still alive. He's yeah, he's 90s. still kicking. Yeah, he's I, I actually had the great pleasure of seeing him uh, in Calgary as a stand-up uh, one wow. year. Wow. Um, and it was the same year, incidentally, that I saw Bill Cosby as a stand-up in Calgary as well. Um, but Bob oh Newhart. Oh, my God. We're talking Mexicans and Bill Cosby in this episode. We're <laughs> so going downhill. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, uh, but Bob Newhart had a show in the 60s called The Bob Newhart Show. And he was a psychiatrist, and he had a, uh, and, and, and it was a very, very popular show. And that ended, and in the 80s, he came back with a show called Newhart, where he was a hotel owner, and all these hijinks ensued. But the very last episode of Newhart was him waking up in a cold sweat next to his wife from the Bob Newhart show, the psychiatrist show. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And like it was meta. it was all a dream. The yeah. whole new heart was all a dream. But that's the big, best. It's all a dream ending, though. But right? it was. But I mean, and, but back then, it sounds campy and cliche today. But back then, it was unexpected. It wasn't a campy cliche ending because the way they did it and flash back to his original show, and it just kind of tied those those two series together. And it was actually a very very brilliant. If they made it meta, excellent. I, I think Dave saw it here where I was kind of like rolling my yeah, eyes, and yeah. it's because that's such an overused yeah, it was trope. All it's like, a dream. oh, come yeah. on, what a deus ex, get out of here. Yeah. It was all a dream. That's such a trope now. Yeah, exactly. It is. But that's but, what started the trope, yeah. almost. Yeah, but that's the best of those tropes, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Which I can't comment. And, I haven't seen it, but yeah. it, if they do it well, perfect. Yeah. yeah and even though you mentioned Quantum Leap before, but I, mm-hmm. I even though I loved how that ended because it made you cry... Um, apparently, from what I understand, that actually wasn't even supposed to be the ending of the show. The show just got canceled. Yeah. Right? And it just so happened that the episode that they had in the can for the ending of the show was the one that they went with, and then they, you know, kind of 
sort of were forced to sort of do that at the end of the at the end of the series. Right. Um, what, what, what other kind of twisty shows? Uh, we only got it like maybe three or four minutes left in our broadcast here, guys. But uh, anything else that's kind of a twisty sort of a show that you remember? Um, do you remember the? Do you, do you remember dinosaurs? The Henson. Oh yeah. Thing? Oh, is that what the like yeah, the big the live puppets. action the sort puppets. of? Yeah. Yeah. Not the mama. Yep. Not oh the yeah. Mama. Not the mama. That. Do you remember how that ended? I no. I remember Wait. it was basically what it was was it was the Flintstones for dinosaurs. Yeah. Right. Didn't prehistoric didn't it, even more prehistoric than the Flintstones itself. Didn't it end in a big flash? How did it end? It, it, it ended with um, hell conquering Earth. <laughs> oh, okay. That's the, not. I, I thought it. And I that's, thought it ended and that, with a that's how the dinosaurs ended. Was that the oh. devil shows up on Earth as a giant dinosaur, which is oh. actually quite funny, but uh, dark as heck all at the same time too. Um, what else? Oh, I, you know what? I never watched it, but I'm pretty sure Alf had a crazy ending. Alf. Yeah. <laughs> didn't he end up coming and didn't the FBI come and take him at the end? Like it turned into a big somber, like super sad episode out of the whole series, which is pretty lighthearted really? and fun. Oh, yeah, well, I'm that. pretty sure he gets kidnapped and like killed or probed by the FBI. Like it's it's such a twist of of of, of expectation of the show. I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah, I never watched fact that, check me on that one. You, and spoiler you, alert, if you, it's true, I'm sorry. You can't talk about campy twisty endings without talking about Seinfeld and and how they ah. all kind of went to prison. Oh, at the end. I, I, that, I never right? liked that show. Terrible but that ending. ending was so bad. Did either of you watch Dexter? Uh, up until up until I missed a couple episodes and was yep. lost. Yeah, I, I, I stopped after <laughs> the uh, Trinity Killer. Okay, the Trinity Killer was amazing. That That's was John an, okay, Lithgow. You, and when you want to talk about an amazing twist, that season ends. Holy crap! I think I cried mm-hmm. at the end of that season. I watched the end of Dexter and. Um, I won't spoil it for you. The ending was questionable, but apparently I've heard that it's coming back. That would probably fix what I've heard of the ending that yeah. some people have told me. Yeah. If they could, it's coming it back, back and they're going to fill in all well, the gaps. Well, part, part of the reason that they ended that show wasn't because it wasn't popular. It was because the actor, uh, Michael Anthony Hall, Michael, no, Mike, Michael, Michael C. Hall. Hall. Yeah, yep. Michael C. Hall. Um, he was very, very, very sick. Right? Was, yeah, had, that's like, right. He, yeah. he had cancer, I yeah. think, right? Yeah. And, and if he's healed, I'd love to see him come back. That's and quite frankly, he is a brilliant, brilliant actor. I'm, yeah, I'm so sad. I agree. I, I just agree. remembered, at, basically, as we're done, how has nobody talked about Breaking Bad? <laughs> oh, twist, because, like, twist endings and amazing TV shows, and that's where, what, that's okay, the, oh. because we could Jeremy, do Jeremy, don't tell me, because I'm actually saving Breaking <laughs> Bad to watch, to binge watch that right next now. weekend, believe, I've never seen do it. Do it. Never, oh, I'm not, oh, okay, we know. can't even talk about it. No, I'm glad I didn't mention anything that you have to go through at all. The it only thing I know so about good. Breaking Bad is a Mythbusters episode with, uh, gun oh. in the trunk of a car yeah and that's that's the thing that got me wanting to watch breaking bad yeah so that's an interesting <laughs> myth and i'm not even going to tell you where that's from or why but it's an interesting one to choose of all of them yeah for sure um, never, it, it's never been better for television right now because it just seems it's 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 so much more efficient to make tv shows um that are movie like yeah right it's so much easier now that they're shooting shows on video that they have uh the technology where they can bring the cinema to television, and we, we will we will do a show on movies. Um, I way prefer um, watching a ten hour, twelve hour series, getting to the end of it and feeling like you've come to the end of a novel, yeah. than sitting and watching an hour and a half movie. And when it's done, it's like, mm, eh. yeah. Uh, interpreting well, books, turning books into TV series as opposed to movies, so much better. I'm going to give a plug to something because it's actually uh, it's topical. Um, I live in a warehouse in the Studio City District here in Toronto, and every so often, my um, my warehouse and uh, the parking lot become a base for film crews. And this morning, I happened to get up, and sure enough, the whole parking lot is full of a film crew, um, even during the first day of a, of a, of a national lockdown here. Mm-hmm. Um, they're filming a show I've never heard of. It's called Sex Life. Never heard of it. I asked what they were filming. Oh, they're filming a series called Sex Life. So, hey, listeners out there, two things. Watch for Sex Life and tell us if it's worth watching. And number two, what is your favorite episodic or serialized television show? What's your favorite gotcha moment? Or what's your favorite twist or endings you hated? 
write to us. Um, you know, we're on Facebook, Twitter, all the usuals. Um, Station A, like P.O. Box 475, Station A, Ontario. No, I'm kidding. That's <laughs> the old days, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coming to you live. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, write to us. Tell us what you guys think. I, I actually think, gentlemen, we could probably do another two or three sort of uh, similar episodes just on television alone. We, oh, sure we could. We only hit the tip of the iceberg. Oh, yeah. You know, on this one. And uh, it was fun. Thanks, Jeremy, for being our guest today. Oh, thanks for having me on, as always. And uh, Dave, I don't think I'm we still... Saved, I don't think we saved the world this week. I was just about to say, how from did boredom. we save the world this week, Dave? From we boredom. Didn't, we didn't, we didn't, saved the world <laughs> from boredom. If you haven't yeah, watched yeah. any of the series that we've talked about there, we're saving you from boredom for a week. <laughs> That's true. That's giving true. you enough binge watching material for at least a month for sure. The only way so, that we can save the world one fat moron at a time. And Jeremy. I'm Terry. I'm Dave. I'm Jeremy. And we are two fat morons. We save the world with our special guest, Jeremy, today. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back again in a few days' time. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. It's Two Fat Morons Save the World. The world is a messed up place, and they're going to save it. <laughs> Produced by Dave Crookshank and Terry Nihill. Music by Epidemic Sound. Two Fat Morons is a presentation of the Plugged In Media Network and is not intended to be taken seriously by anyone. Check out all our other great podcasts at pluggedinmedia.ca or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.